When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nodded into the back of the net by Harry Kane. The Old Trafford drought is over for Harry Kane and for Tottenham Hotspur. Wide open and he plants his header into the back of the net. The hail is rooted. This will not improve Jose Mourinho's pre-match mood. United nil Spurs 1. Christian Eriksen has Kane now darting towards the near post. Other runners are there. It's 2 now. Lucas Moura. Two goals in two minutes for Tottenham Hotspur. They celebrate in front of the travelling support. Delirium in the corner of Old Trafford. And Jose Mourinho pulls over a substitute. United nil Spurs 2. Here's Lucas against Smalling. Trusts his pace. And he's in. Lucas! 3-0! Game set match to Tottenham Hotspur. Who will have nine points out of nine in the Premier League. And the pressure and scrutiny will increase on Jose Mourinho and Manchester United. Six minutes remaining. Manchester United nil. Dreamland for Spurs. Three. They dare to do. And the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fans Show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Good evening, people. The time is two minutes past seven. Well, in fact, in about four seconds, it's three minutes past seven. But it's your Tuesday evening, and it is time for your fan show here on Love Sport Radio. It's myself, James Sherwood, hosting this evening. And for the next couple of hours, it's all things glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. So if you want to get involved in the conversation, wax lyrical about that 3-0 winner Old Trafford last night, then give us a shout. The number is 0208 7025 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials if you're slightly bashful. But it's not just me in the studio. I've also got Jace and Lee from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Gents, how are we this evening? 
Oh, oh, really good, mate. It was a fantastic win. Almost the result of the weekend, other than Liverpool beating Brighton 1-0, which was obviously better than our result for, for most media outlets. But no, fantastic <laughs> result, mate. And of course, Chase, your regular partner in crime's not here tonight. What do you say to him and his pessimism last week that was saying, I'd take a point if you give it to me now? I, I, I said that, didn't I? I didn't want to <laughs> you take said that. Yeah, you were like, nope, that, I'm taking all three. That's why we sent him away for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee, happy with the result last uh, night? You must uh, be, of course. Uh, just, you know what? Oh, just having a little stretch. I've just woken up and I've uh, I've looked at the um, at the all the news outlets and uh, it says that we beat Man United three 0 last night. Is that why? Is that, is that a dream? You or can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely ecstatic, James. Absolutely fantastic. Thanks for for having me back on. Lovely to be here with Jace and uh, Ricky is sunning himself in uh, in Spain somewhere. Um, and I admit that uh, last week on the podcast, actually, I said that uh, I'm not sure about Mora, but I'm not on the fence anymore. I have to say that. <laughs> and it's always nice to come into the environment where there is a Manchester United fan in the shape of Parrick, our producer, absolutely. right? <laughs> so you can give him some. <laughs> abuse when you walk in but all uh, right let's dissect a little bit what went on last night guys up at old trafford so uh when the team sheet was announced any surprises for you sorry jay so so for me um i have to be honest uh, when i saw that team sheet go out i i actually fist pumped um, and that's that's a bit harsh on like the likes of Davison Sanchez and even with Danny Rose. I know Jace has got a view of you on that as well. But I generally thought that you know with our fullbacks pushing on um, with a Danny Rose situation attacking, I thought that was our, our best lineup um, for for that match yesterday. So I, I was generally pleased. I loved seeing Toby back in the side. I'm sorry Davison, but I did. It does feel like all is forgiven. We discussed this a little bit last week, but again, Jace, for you, uh, when the team sheet the first eleven, were you like? Okay, yeah, that this is what we need up at OT. Well, I thought I was happy to it was four two three one. Ten of them I'd have picked. Danny Rose was a major surprise, obviously having not seen him this season, and to throw him into into a huge game when you've got Watford coming up. I, I was surprised to see Danny Rose in there, and and obviously that that back pass early on, you were, you're mm. shaking your head and thinking, oh, what have we done here? But but fair, fair enough, he, he got through the game. I have to absolutely admit, some of the game I hazily remember after taking a beating from the Notting Hill Carnival <laughs> yesterday. There was plenty of Ray and Nephew flowing. Uh, other fine rums are available. They're just not as good. But um, I do remember at the end of it, my girlfriend, she's Man United, you see, and I was like, oh dear. Um, but boys, there's a couple of tweets in as well from the podcast. So at JasonC87, do you think the squad and formation will be rotated back to three centre-backs and a change of personnel for games against teams outside of the top six? I think it's a really good point, actually, and I think that I think that that's one of the things that maybe was we was a little bit critical on Potocino last season for tactically no flexibility or no flexibility or not changing tactically quick enough, maybe in games or whatever. But actually, um, he I think he has proved that he, he's done that, especially in game management. I think with the um, the the back three or versus the back four, I think it does matter depending on who you're playing, and I think that um, I think we've got we've got both of them systems if if we want to. Talk about systems now down to be honest, and I think we've got the personnel to be able to play both. Yeah, and for me, I, I much prefer a four-two-three-one to three at the back, purely because I think it gets more of our players in their natural position, and I don't think without the Rose and Walker of two years ago, we're as dynamic down the sides. But 
but we can certainly play both ways. Uh, interestingly enough, with Watford coming up, I think we've always played a back three, and I think the very first time we ever went with a back three was at Watford. So it wouldn't surprise me if we go back to it at the weekend, where where you think if Deeney plays, do you want that extra bit of physical presence back there? It's, it's interesting, actually. Sorry, James. It's, it's interesting actually. You talk about Watford there because last season I was there at Watford away. We drew one-one, um, and uh, obviously Sanchez got sent off, and uh, we was actually quite fortunate to get a point on that game. So whether or not uh, Pochino thinks he needs to bring Sanchez back into the side, whether or not a back four, back three. Um, and again, interestingly, yesterday, if we'd have played a back three, one person would have probably missed out, and ironically, it probably would have been Lucas Moore. Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's exactly what I say. That's why I prefer us with four two three one, and because that leaves that one extra space for a genuine attacking player. What's got to be nice from a fan's perspective as well, though, is to see this versatility now, and and that is you want to see evolution in the team, don't you? Um, I think a lot of Spurs fans say we're staying still, even though there's been no players brought in, and that was a criticism. Uh, Poch as a manager shows that he is growing because last year, you know, there were big games where if you could have had some decent game management and maybe tweaked a system to soak up more pressure, then you you would have gone further in particular competitions uh, absolutely and I think you know you, you talk about kind of potch there you know he's I, I think I mentioned this last week on the pod as well you know at the end of the day he's 46 years old he hasn't he's still a uh, manager that's learning his trade you know he's still kind of bowl accounts a young manager hence why bring his age into it so you know he hasn't managed at the um, you know top top clubs obviously now he is obviously managing at a top top <laughs> club of course um, but you know so he's still playing he's, he's still managing uh, he's still trying to um, you know learn and plough his trade in, in, in the way that he he feels fit. I think the other thing as well that you just mentioned there, James, as well, was last season. If you look at 28 years without a winner at Stamford Bridge and we go and break that duck, you know, was it 46 years without a winner at Old Trafford? Um, uh, 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 a comprehensive winner at Old Trafford. Yeah, and no goals and, under and Poch. And no goals under Poch in the last four or five years. I mean, this is... The, the, uh, I know for a lot of our fans, and, and sometimes me included as well, and people in general now, we expect our, our internet to be instant. We expect our, you know, everything to be instant or yesterday. Today. Poch always talks about being brave and being patient and, you know, uh, working with a philosophy. And, you know, yes, it's small steps. And, you know, everyone listening to this, it's not Spurs fan, be like, oh, you ain't won nothing, need to win a trophy, this, that, and other. But the reality is, we are breaking the, the barriers of always helps Putting to Spurs bed certain back. hoodoos. Exactly. We talked last week about being Spursy and and Jay said, well, no, we need to go up there and, and dispel said, something it? like that. You've got to show real personality to go there. First half, we was... Was was almost a typical old traffic typical, performance yeah. for Tottenham. Mm. A little bit timid, but that second half was what I wanted to see. A bit of real dominance and, and players standing up to be counted. And the first the, the the other first we did last night was the first clean sheet to a top six size away under Pochettino. Wow. I, did, I didn't realise that stat either. I just want to take it back to the tweets real quick, guys. Of course, it's important to engage the people out there that are interacting. At Debo1980, are there any tactics other than the changing back three and back four that have also caught your eye? So I guess it's more, is there any other identity that seems slightly different in the squad this year? Well, I think I think it was pointed out for on Twitter, actually, as well. But I think at the time when we were tuning up, um, Danny Rose went down I think it was in the 80th minute or something like that um, Potticino pulled over Lucas Moura and Harry Kane and he was giving them some serious instruction and it felt to me like he was he almost went a 4-4-2 uh, towards the end of that match and you know really caught them off to, to use there so that I don't know if it's different for you, Jace, but that sort of caught my eye as well, you know, tactical change. No, it was a little bit of gamecraft as well, and I've called for gamecraft from us. Sometimes I think we, we get naive, but the way that Danny Rose went down for the Agreed. substitution and st- 
stayed down and wasn't going to be dragged up too early. It's those little things that every other club does to us, particularly the likes of Chelsea and that, that we never do. And yeah. and I've always wanted to see that game craft come in. Well, guys, it's dazzling already. I'm enjoying myself. I'm feeling the positive energy coming out of the Spurs fan show already here on Love Sport Radio. If you want to get involved with the conversation at any point, guys, the number is 0208 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. This is Love Sport. You are tuning back into the fan show here on Love Sport Radio on your Tuesday night. It's all things Tottenham Hotspur, of course, up until 9pm this evening. So 0208 70 258 for your calls and at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Just like Cooper has done. Spurs fan out there. Cooper, hello on the phone line. Hey, how are you guys? Very good. Yeah, good Great Cooper. to have you on the show, matey. I understand you've got some questions for the boys in front of me, so fire away. Yeah. Uh, first off, just wanted to say huge fan uh, of the podcast you guys put out and uh, love sport radio all the way from America. So Cheers, bro. Going. Awesome stuff. Yeah, Cheers, Cooper. Uh, my, my, <laughs> my biggest question was, what's our best starting 11? I know we've had Sanchez with back three with Toby and Yan, but... I mean, Toby and Jan looked absolutely fantastic against Man U. So, I mean, what's our best starting eleven? I think 10 of those that started last night are probably in it at the moment. And then I, I still personally feel Ben Davis is at a, a better level than the current Danny Rose, not the 2016 player. So, that would if, if we were playing a cup final tomorrow, that's probably the only change I'd make. The, the toss-up is, of course, between Lucas Moura and Huming Son, but Lucas Moura is making a great, great grab for that shirt. Lee? Yeah, I, th- I don't disagree too much. I, I do sometimes think it is depending on who you play. Um, you know, all day. I think Ben Davis is an unsung hero for, for for Spurs. And although I've just previously said, you know, not less than five minutes ago that I, I was I fist pumped when I saw Danny Rose in the side. Um, Jace makes a good point about you know the the consistency of, of Ben Davis. I think that when I, I, I think Dan for, uh, from from Yidvids actually spoke about this last week. When when you're going forward, you'd probably want Danny Rose in your side or uh, you know 2016. Danny Rose but from a defensive solid perspective you might well need a Ben Davis so it's kind of a bit a bit half and half on there what, what do you think Cooper I mean do you think that our system of a, a back four or back three where, where do you stand on the on the on the situation I'll tell you what I was just happy to see Toby and Yan in the lineup again <laughs> <together>. <laughs> I think we always uh but no oh yeah no I agree I, I thought Rose was a little shaky uh especially during that first half that Paul gave to Lukaku gave me a heart attack um, but, ah, you know, it's tough. The back three, it looks good when the wing backs are going, especially against Watford. Hopefully next week, Trippier can at least put in two assists. But, you know, I, I really love the back four. I'm a traditional guy. What can I say? Let me ask you another question, Cooper. Isn't modern yeah. day football about having more than just a, a first 11 now, though? So, you know, you do need different solutions to different problems in front of you, i.e. the opposition. So, really, I, I think any top team, when you talk about what's the strongest 11, it, it would be looking at taking each opponent as they come in. Oh, no, I, I completely agree. And... Everyone was saying we need to uh, pick up people in the offseason on transfers. And I just, I mean, just looking at our squad now, just, I think we have enough depth. And, I mean, it, it'll, it'll depend on across all competitions that we play, but I think we have enough depth to allow Pochettino to deploy different tactics. Because I think just from the past two games, Fulham and Man U, he's shown that he's gotten 
so he's matured so much yeah. tactically yeah. in the past three years. Well, the boys in front of me mentioned uh, just kind of Poch communicating with players during the game as well. Uh, but what I really wanted to get mm-hmm. into, what do you think, Cooper, was said to the boys to rally them at half-time? Because the first half wasn't the greatest, but then the second half, it all happened. Uh, lads, it's Man U. <laughs> <laughs> nice do you know what they use um, I heard a story before that uh, I think it was from Gary Neville or something Genev um, and he talked about um, Alex Ferguson so Alex Ferguson's team talk used to be it's Tottenham that's that's all they used to say and then they used to go out and basically wipe the floor with us so it's quite interesting Cooper oh, you yeah. think it's flipped the other way around now give them a piece of their own medicine right absolutely. Jay Abs- absolutely <laughs> just, just go for it and you know second half much much better uh, Lucas Mora, Cooper, what, what have you made of him this season? You know, it's nice to see him finally getting some time on the pitch, but also being the kind of player that you expected to come in from PSG, right? Right. Uh, I mean, I've seen some highlight videos because, you know, I don't get to league off over here. Right. Uh, but Lucas looked fantastic. Um, I'm glad we got him more than I think it was Man U that was also after him. Oh, but yeah. I, I'm really liking him up top with Kane working off as a kind of a second striker with him. Yeah. Right now, I just love him running through the middle because, I mean, as you can see, him just burning Smalling <laughs> for that uh, <laughs> third goal. That was oh, that was beautiful to see, and it was that pace that we all wanted to see last season. But I think it's just an off season with Potch. I just think Potch has turned players around so much, and I think this is only the beginning of Lucas Mora. Hopefully, he can start getting up in the 10s and the 20s you, for goals think, for this season. I, I have big faith. Yep, sorry. sorry, I was going to say, Cooper, do you think that some of the... Because um, I, I totally agree, having a full pre-season under, under your belt is really, underneath Poch really does help the players. Do you think that's going to come back and, you know, uh, bite us in the, uh, in, in the area that no one wants to be bitten later on in the season? Uh, in terms of, you know, eight or nine of our players were at the World Cup so late they didn't get a pre-season under their belt. What do you think? You know, I really don't know. Uh... I I think it remains to be seen with the rest of the season. I really don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. I just see it. I wondered if you had a view on that at all. Well, listen, Cooper. No, I think... Oh, no, go on, oh, yeah, go on, no, go no, on. Yeah. Peter, I was no, just... No, 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 no. I was going to say, uh, to end, do you think this could be where you as Spurs fans end that 10-year trophy hoodoo? That that seems like the final one that needs to put be put to bed, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I really think so, and it'll stop all of the... Uh, the crap on social media. Potts can't win anything. <laughs> but, you know, I think right when Potts wins a Carabao Cup or an FA Cup or, heck, even a league, um, you know, everyone's just going to say, well, he's only won one. He needs to win multiple. Of course. So you are 100% right there, Cooper. That is a fact. <laughs> Yeah, there's always yeah. going to be always, always going to be haters, always going to be Arsenal fans out there. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but listen, Cooper, thanks so much for your call. Much appreciated, and uh, keep supporting the mighty Tottenham Hotspur, of course, like we will here at Love Sport Radio throughout the season, as long as they're not playing Charlton Athletic. Let's always remember <laughs> that note. Um, if you want to get involved in the conversation, guys, like Cooper, the number is 0208 70 258 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Uh, so, gents, just uh, wrapping up that Lucas. Mora stuff. Um, there were some tweets in as well about uh, Mora. So at Yidvids is was Arizona Spurs right <laughs> all along about Lucas Mora? And then an American Spur has Lucas done enough to cement a place in the first eleven? Or when Sonny comes back, will Sonny slot straight back in? And then a uh, DPW Danny Walsh. Do you think we will see Lucas Mora kick on now from the Man U game? Is this going to be his season? <sighs> 
I, I was I wasn't critical of Lucas Moura last last week against Fulham, but I felt that he kind of drifted in and out. Um, I got some pelters on social media, not so far as yeah, because uh, he got his goal. He, he, did, he did get his goal, and it was a worldie to be fair. Um, but Arizona Spurs come back and sort of you know took um, uh, uh, you know took me to to the cleaners on that one, and, I, and, I, and I'm and I'm happy to put my hands up. You know, I I, I honestly did not see that pace coming. I, I didn't see it in Lucas Moura last year, and it was a surprise. And a massive, massive, pleasant, uh, pleasant surprise. Lee, you're not one of those fans that only watches the Premier League, are you? I, no, I'm not actually. And do you know what? I go week in, week out. I'm a season ticket holder at Tottenham, and I go to every single home game. I go to as many away games as I can do as well. But, I mean, more at PSG but, in a Brazil but, shirt. I mean, but, it's been seen. Is yeah, there something I mean, in I there? didn't. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they were saying Kinner, but I didn't. I didn't see that pace. I mean, he ra- he ran him ragged yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the, the way he just burst past Smalling at the end. But the, the, the most impressive part was having got past him. It looked such a clinical, easy finish, didn't it? There was no no sense of panic. There was, you know, I mean, Deli Alley in that first half got a little bit indecisive when yeah, he yeah. was through, didn't he? But he did. but the way he just, just buried his chance, didn't he? It was a fantastic finish as well. Well, listen, we are going to be on the airwaves all the way until 9pm. Waxing lyrical about Tottenham Hotspur. Are they going to end that 10-year trophy drought this season? They've won at Old Trafford for the first First time in forever, so who knows? Stick with us, guys. We'll be back with you after this. Love Sport. The Fan Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Predict 7 to net a million. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on a Tuesday night here on Love Sport Radio all the way until 9pm this evening with myself, James Sherwood, and I have got Jason Lee from The Last Word on Spurs. That is Jace and Lee, yeah, not, not Jason, Jason Lee. Lee. Sorry, that's Jason my uh, wide boy. That is my middle accent. name as well, Jason Lee. <laughs> uh, but boys, we've had a tweet in. Uh, it's actually from a friend of mine. He's a, he's a big Spurs fan, and it's a question for you lot. What... Uh, what pleased you most about last night aside from the result because of course that's an obvious one uh, for me it was Toby's performance and the away fans who made the journey despite no direct trains available so this is from my man Mark Ede and he said to me uh, real quick aside best Spurs player you ever saw at the Valley easy one that Scott Parker when he was wearing a red Charlton shirt <laughs> but boys I'll throw it over to you now so uh, what was the thing that pleased you most about the result apart from the final score I, th- I think for me that once we'd gone 2-0 up we remember being 2-0 up at Old Trafford years ago and losing 5-2 and remember that famous 3-0 up at home at home wasn't no, it at, at, at Old Trafford when um, they got a penalty didn't they oh when, yeah straight uh, away what's his name the, Webb gave a penalty on Howard Michael Webb. Carrick wasn't it and then we ended up losing it 5-2 I think the impressive thing for me was having gone 2-0 up was was Man United never really looked like like scoring after that. We we didn't suffer the Alamo that you used to get at Man United. There was no magnificent Hugo save. There was no clearance off the line, last ditch tackles, hitting the bar and post. It was actually how we saw that game out. And when you're watching it live, you're always a little bit on edge. But when I watched the game back afterwards, at no stage did Man United look like they were going to score in that second half. It's really weird, isn't it, when you watch a game live as a fan and you're just you do what watch it differently to when you watch it but I totally agree with that and the most thing that pleased me I mean there was Toby's performance as, uh, as Mark has already said um, you know the mentality piece that, that Jace has just touched on as well you know for me to be able to to sit there and, and think that we should have probably been 2-0 down Lukaku's missing an open goal um, and then he gets in between as we were just talking off air he gets in between the two defenders and if that goes in it's 2-0 but we didn't we didn't break you know we, we normally break at Old Trafford and we didn't 
excellent. So for me, that was the most pleasing thing. Um, I just want a bit, uh, big shout out really to Adam Tomlinson. It's uh, at 95 Adam Tomlinson on Twitter because yep. he went to the game last night live. One of the guys um, that couldn't get a direct train. Couldn't get a direct train, which is what Mark talked about. He got back at 2am and then he was up for work at 4am this morning. Uh, just take a bow, fella. Take a Absolute bow. Absolute soldier. Well, it's was he up it. for work or was he just still floating on the clouds? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't Don't matter, but out. he was just up for it, wasn't he? Yeah, this is it. I mean, but looking at the result, it's almost like the perfect away performance, isn't it? And like, So people will say, oh yeah, but in the first half, you know, May United looked good and it could have gone a different way. The fundamentals are, the result is the most important statistic that matters and a lot of time, these kind of performances happen. You have to ride your luck away at the big, big clubs to get a result. What, one of the biggest things as well for, for me, just talking about that whole pleasing thing, is I tweeted beforehand uh, to, to over, you know, Dave Ellis and he talks about, you know, what we should be doing and I, I thought that we needed to start like a train and be clinical. They were the two things that we need to do. But the first one we definitely didn't do. We did not start like a train. It was Manchester United, if, if anyone else. But one thing we did do was, was absolutely clinical. I think we had five shots on target and scored three of them. Um, and, you know, for, for me to be clinical in them areas was absolutely perfect. I think you just have to, in big games like that, it's about grabbing that moment. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. You ride the storm. We always say, don't you, in, in games like that, you've got to score when you're on top. We weren't on top when we scored. It was that one shot. What a magnificent header from Kane, oh, who's going backwards when he heads that in. Fantastic header. He, and then we just grabbed it with the second goal straight on top, and, and you're in dreamland. Because United looked second. more desperate, didn't they? Once you got the goal, it was like they went, oh, Jesus, no, this isn't what's supposed to happen when we're playing like this. Yeah. We, we could have scored a lot more in the end. I mean, Deli Ali, if, he, if he'd learnt to dive properly, <laughs> yeah. he, he goes down and gets a penalty for us. Last season, he'd been all right, wouldn't he? Harry Kane's header from the, from the resulting corner, you, you, Harry scores that, doesn't he? Nine times out of yeah. ten. Astonishing. Yeah, but, but, you know, we, we kept getting into goal-scoring positions then, and uh, it was no surprise that we ended up getting the third more than they did. Harry's header, what he scored on the 50th minute, it was reminiscent of the Arsenal goal. Remember, yeah. he scored a couple of seasons ago uh, yeah. at White Hart Lane. That header, you know he's got it in his locker. I mean, is there anything this guy cannot do? I mean, this guy can literally do anything. He could probably father my children if he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> is it, who was the classic player where someone said, if I found him in bed with my wife, I'd tuck him in? <laughs> who was, was that, someone said that about George Best, it might have been, or someone. But I don't know. Producer, Google it for us, Parra, can find out who it was. But I remember that and just thinking, yeah, that's about right. I mean, when, when a player's that important to you, Harry Kane, would, would you forgive Harry? Harry or your missus first? Uh, yeah, probably, I'll, pro- I'll probably forgive Harry first. <laughs> Fair play, G. Do what he wants. Uh, no, I mean, I, again, you know, just just coming back, like putting it into perspective when we're talking about kind of like personal stuff. He's just had a baby as well, Harry Kane. He's broken his. His duck wife at, just had a baby. Uh, well, uh, well, you know, he's he's yeah, his wife's had the baby, but ultimately, you know, they've got a newborn. Any anyone out there, I mentioned it last week, anyone out that's got children will know that's no mean feat. You know, you're you know tiredness and all that. He's just come back from the World Cup. He's won the Golden Boot. Semi-final of the World Cup. He's come straight back in. He's scored. He's broken his hoodoo. This guy is just... He's a machine. This guy's a machine. And he scored two goals in August. Can you believe it? Beautiful. <laughs> but stick with us if you're out there listening, guys. This is Love Sport Radio, your Spurs fan show on a Tuesday night all the way until 9pm. If you want to get involved in the conversation, it's 0208 70 20 558 on the phone lines or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. You are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio on your Tuesday night. The time is 7.31. Boys, we're going to take it back to a couple of tweets uh, that we've had in uh, from the last word in uh, on Spurs podcast. Uh, at Lewis Mack 
says, do you think Poch now needs to wear a black shirt every game? I feel like he pulls it off better than Simeone. So a superstitious one there. Did you like Poch's look last night? I was loving his look. I, I, he looks trim as well, doesn't he, old Poch? He's, he's had a nice little haircut. He's got himself fit. He's got the old uh, black top going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving that, Chase. What do you think? I saw someone say it was nice he wore a black shirt to Mourinho's funeral. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Um, and then also here from at M Cornell, Matt Cornell. Uh, Cornell, sorry. How big is the Liverpool game? In a couple of weeks. Whilst, whilst, of course, not underestimating Watford, uh, win and confidence will be higher. The undefeated run could continue uh, up for up to eight to ten games or so if we keep the right mix. I, I'm just not even thinking of Liverpool. It's just Watford for me. And, and let's let's get through Watford first and then, then we'll worry about Liverpool. But, I mean, Liverpool are going to win the league by, what, 30 points or something, aren't they? So According you know, to we, Liverpool we, we haven't fans, got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll probably take a 4-0 loss against Liverpool and think we'll just budget on that. I think the interesting thing about Watford coming up is that, you know, it is, it is quite easy to kind of just brush over them. Um, you know, oh, they've had a fantastic start. They're unbeaten. Well, they're I think 100% look, record. We're going to get into Watford a little later in the oh, second okay, hour. Play. But, I mean, yeah, their manager took a lot of stick. But he came in midway through the season, you know, yeah. and getting a pre-season and really implementing your ideas into the team Makes helps. A difference, and, it? and it shows in their start. Yeah. Um, just taking it back to the tweets. Um, so, at Sean Foster 71 buzzing after the result. Dembele and Alderweireld were huge. Have we seen a change in Pochettino's management of players who are alleged to not be central to his squad plans? I think so, definitely. We, we've always said that there's there doesn't seem to be any turning back with Pochettino once he's made his mind up. I think you know all three players that were rumoured to be leaving in the summer were were all in that starting lineup last night. And I think Musa Dembele was a slightly different situation because mm. I don't think Pochettino ever wants to to sell Musa Dembele. That's that's a different scenario completely but but Toby's come back into the fold uh, picked in front of Davinson Sanchez and as I say Danny Rose was a was a big surprise to see him on this team sheet last night I think I think he manages players just superbly this, this guy I mean like kind of personal one-to-one oh, stuff honestly James I think he's you know the, the man management of this guy the way he brings people back in it, it, the way he f- he makes you f- like players feel that they're still welcome when they maybe not be or or they're not welcome when they are it's it's very very brilliant what he actually does he stamped his authority on that club like from 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 top to bottom and he's basically turning around and saying you are either with me or you're not get yourself back in line and do what you're meant to I'm the boss, but he doesn't say it in that way. He doesn't say it in a kind of a Lord Sugar way, dare I say yeah. it, having been my boss for, for three years. <laughs> he, he doesn't do it in that way. He does it in his way, which is a kind of a really nice way of doing it. It's quite weird, and I think the, the, the players respond to that massively. We've got producer Parrick just wanting to ask, is he as good as Alex Ferguson, though? I, I don't think at the moment you can even compare <laughs> that. That's not even a question okay, to potentially. ask. Okay, but, potentially. But look, I mean, I think that... I think that let, let's flip the question. If Mourinho was to walk away from Manchester United if they was to sack him, there'd be one name on their sheet to go and manage their club. That, that'd, be, that'd be a fact. We I, said this last week, didn't we, Jace? Do you think he'd want to go there, though? Uh, well, as I said, I, I don't see him switching mid-season anyway, and I, I don't really see him walking out on Tottenham to do it. 
But uh, I think one of the big differences that Ferguson had that we don't know if Pochettino's got, Ferguson was brilliant at reinventing sides, wasn't he? Bringing yeah. in two or three. And as I say, when you look at Pochettino's side, it's still Lloris, it's still Vertonghen, it's still Dyer, it's still Deli Alley, it's still Ericsson, it's still Kane, it's still Lamella. It's, you know, he hasn't actually recreated a new team yet. And Ferguson was able to do that and still maintain those massive to, standards. To, to be fair, to, I mean, I, I don't think Poch would go either, by the way. That's, I didn't say that, but... To, but to be fair, Poch hasn't invented a team that, that has won anything yet, no. to, to, yeah. to be brutal. So, you know, if we're really g- going to be critical, but his man management and the way he conducts himself and the way he gets... Make no bones about it, Spurs fans and a lot of a lot of Spurs fans on Twitter were absolutely up in arms that we didn't sign any players. But to sign Pochettino for, on a five-year contract was the biggest thing that we could have done in the closest. Because remember as well, Sir Alex Ferguson didn't win a trophy, I think, for his first three or four years, it, did he? Yeah. When he first come down to Manchester. Yeah. So yeah. You know, maybe, who knows, could you be building a dynasty a, like a, that? And also, James, just to throw in the pot, he'd come down with a really, really high pedigree because he'd yeah. won trophies galore up in Scotland. Wait, he beat Real Madrid... With Aberdeen in a absolutely, cup final, so you know it can happen to. Look, time is 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 massive in football, and you don't you just don't get it. This is his fifth season. I think this year, I think you mentioned it last week on the show, Jace, about you know he's he's changing a little bit now in terms of his his um, uh, how tough he can start to be and how how firm he should be. Got, got to be absolutely more ruthless now. There's no more for ruthless. me. It's not not totally arms around the shoulder and excusing players when they're badly. It is demanding now that it's time to deliver. Uh, got to ask as well, do you think there was a couple of phone calls made today? One from Daniel Levy to Pochettino saying, why would you want to join that mess? And then one from Pochettino <laughs> to Alderweireld saying, see, dude, this is why you need to stick with us. Look at the state of them. Do you reckon those kind of conversations have happened today? I, I, do you know what? I think they probably, if Pochettino's involved, probably a little bit different to, to, to that. But I, I do. And, you know, I'd like to think that they do because it's, it's quite a good humour. For, for, for me... I did ask the question last week, why would Toby want to join Manchester United? And everyone sorts of says the money. And of course, that is the main reason. If, and I know it's a massive if, if you took money out of the equation, you wouldn't want to join Man United under a negative playing style coach who's basically going to be uh, out the door by, by December. You want to play, be playing progressive football like Klopp, like Pep, and absolutely like Maurizio Pochettino. Let's quickly talk about the opposition then last night. Manchester United, it seems that all is not well amongst that ship. Uh, the way they lined up, Pogba had a bit more of a free role. You know, there were there were three players behind him taking care of business, so he should have lit it up. But why didn't he, I guess? You know, this guy's now a World Cup winner. Yeah, I mean, I, Pogba, I, f- I find Pogba gets, gets singled out for every poor Manchester United performance. And it's not always down to him. I mean, he can't do anything about some of the shambolic defending last night. Mm. But, but yeah, there's there's times when you expect a player like that to, to grab a game. I'm actually a Pogba fan. I, th- mm. I think it's maybe if you put Pogba in the Tottenham side or at Liverpool or at, dare I say, at Chelsea or somewhere like that, you would see more the, the French-style performances at the World Cup than you did for Man United. But he was certainly poor last night. And the other player that... that I was really surprised that last night was Matic, who I don't think made yeah. a, a meaningful interception, never made a block, never made a tackle, and we, we kind of just played in and around Matic all night. So whether he wasn't totally fit, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I have to say, when Matic was on their team sheet, like I fist-pumped for, for our team sheet, when I saw him on theirs, I thought, oh no, because he's a bit of a fawn in our side, isn't he, Spurs? He scored an absolute world in the semi-final when he was playing for Chelsea. He's always been fantastic uh, you know, as that, as that person to break up play 
and I actually think he's and a really unleash good player. The, the and people uh, ahead exactly of him. the attacking side. I, it's very difficult. I'd love to hear Chelsea's views and all that sort of stuff on this from from Mourinho's time. But hasn't Mourinho always done this in terms of stifle some of the attacking players? I remember this with Joe Cole, you know, best best English player that's coming out of it since yep. Paul Gascoigne stifled him. Um, Damien Duff, to a certain degree, stifled. Yep. Paul Pogba, stifled. I mean, they, he stifles. The, it's, it's almost like he challenges himself to go, right, you're potentially a superstar, so I'm going to stifle you. Just, I, I just, I don't, I know he wants work ethic. And, and also, with Mourinho teams, they've always been solid defensively. You know, very, very hard to beat. You know, against a Mourinho team, you go one nil down, it's virtually game over. Not this time round. I mean, like you say, the defence was shambolic. Mm. Well, I think the other player just to mention, I did call last week, didn't I? I said I want David De Gea to be to make meaningful saves last yeah. night, and he still hasn't made a meaningful save against us. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you surprised with their approach to the game? Like it was a real energetic first half really from United, was. wasn't it? Like completely unMourinho like. Could, could it have been any different though, James? You know, they'd lost three two to Brighton. They were lucky to go score two goals. One of them was a pen. So they, they were outplayed by all accounts against Brighton away the week before. They had to come out. Old Trafford, full house, Monday night football, under the lights. They have to come out and do the business. And, you know, to be fair, Spurs looked nervous. We did look nervous for the first 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. It could have been different. Danny Rose back pass, Lukaku scores. It's a very different game. But it didn't happen. We did ride the storm. And I, I was surprised. To say, I think a lot of us were like, they're not going to come out of the traps fast. But they did. Um, and in actual fact, I think Fred had an opportunity, didn't he, within like eight seconds. I thought, blimey, he's going to beat the Christian Eriksen record of 11 seconds here, um, or the Ledley King one of the Premiership record of 10. <laughs> but um, he didn't, and, you know, obviously the rest is history, essentially. But that did surprise me. Well, if you're out there, and maybe you're a uh, London-based Man U fan, we know there's, there's a lot plenty of, them about. of you, so <laughs> don't be going running shy because the times aren't good. Give us a shout. 0208 70 20 is the number, or at least your opinions via the socials, at Love Sport Radio. Love Sport. The Fans Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Play your way to £1 million. 558 AM. Love Sport. Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Predict 7 to net a million. You are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio this evening. If you want to add your thoughts on anything we're covering, guys, the number is 0208 70 20 558 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. I am joined by Jace and Lee from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Gents, we're going to take it to the captain now, Hugo Lloris. Did you expect to see him in between the sticks? I mean, we've got a couple of tweets on this as well. So from at a Stetka, obviously he played great, but was there a bit of surprise? And seeing Hugo in the lineup following on from his arrest, and at and the one and only would love your thoughts on Potch sticking with our captain. Love the show, can't wait for the next episode. Thank you very much, there, Ant. So, Hugo Lloris. Well, I think the first thing to say we were all stunned at that news last. Was it Friday or Thursday? Mm. Was it Friday? I think none of us would have. First, I think it, God, I can't say you'd expect it of one or two of them. But with with Hugo, it was a was a massive shock. We don't know the full full details of it, but obviously the, nobody can ever excuse drink driving. And if it's one milligram or a hundred milligrams, I think there's it's zero tolerance now of it, isn't it? I think you know. Did, did, did he lose any respect in the dressing room? Only Pochettino can tell that. I wasn't surprised to see him play last night, 
but it wouldn't have surprised me had he yeah. lost the captaincy. But then again, you know, if if you were caught for drink driving, would you lose? Would you lose a promotion at work, or would you? Would they relegate you from being the sales director to just a yeah, sales true. manager? I mean, you know, at what stage do you punish a person for it? And in many ways, he faces a, a court. Is it? two weeks time right he has Just to go to magistrates Liverpool, court or whatever yeah and it's it's up to the magistrates court to deal with the the legal aspects and then you you have to get on with it but you know the key thing is does he still have that respect of everyone in the dressing room and if he does then there's no reason to to take the captaincy off him so do you think he does lee i, I think he does yeah absolutely i think you know the um the reaction after we won last night and potticino in particular's reaction to hugo luis going up to him after the game i think that just shows everything you know he was showing everybody publicly that he's backed him um not just by keeping him in the side and and, and ultimately keeping him as captain but um you know it was a, it was a, it was a public showing of you know i, I back here um like you say uh, we, we don't condone what he's done you know it is what it is um but it's not it's not a football matter essentially and, and actually does it affect him on the pitch obviously Potticino felt that his mind was in the right place and and he made some great saves for us as well so and it was a great decision and it's his first clean sheet against a top six <laughs> exactly. so maybe, maybe that's what you have picture. to do yeah, yeah it <laughs> takes me back to uh remember that England stuff with Glenn Hoddle and what Glenn Hoddle got sacked for and that was what looked like such a great England team at that point didn't it and people always say well you know he was sacked for saying stuff about disabled people which again we don't condone mm. but it was nothing to actually do with football and if you mirror that against uh, I can't remember what Spanish manager it was but I I think he came out and he used the N-word in reference yeah, to yeah. Thierry Henry. Yeah. That's right. But they they won back-to-back World Cup Euros and everything. The Spanish were like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Let him keep his think, job. We're winning. Do, do, do you know what, James? It comes back to what Jay said earlier about, you know, kind of certain things that other teams do for us, whether or not it's in international, you know, England always is kind of, you know, um, do everything by the book and everybody else is doing something slightly different. And then when yeah. you come to the Premier League, um, you know, other clubs against Spurs do something slightly different, but Spurs, are go- you know, at the end of the day if that's if that's what it takes then then that's what it takes it wasn't a football matter um he's done wrong no one condones it let the, the authorities in the club inside deal with it but as a fan i'm really pleased that he played because um he was brilliant kept a clean sheet and uh, we roll on to watford yeah, you're one of the best players on the pitch don't you yeah of, co- of course you do and it was a uh, i think as we've just been pointed out on twitter it was an excellent save between the two goals because mm. you know we, we saw at newcastle didn't we how we conceded straight after scoring and had we done that and then of course more or less from Hugo save the ball breaks and we end up going 2-0 up so he's a big part of Tottenham there's no doubt about it yeah, at the Angry Mop, in fact, said a quick mention mm-hmm. for Hugo's great save. So it sounds like that's another fan who's just happy to have the captain. World Cup winner, of course, in between the sticks. Uh, some other tweets we've had in um, as well. Uh, someone who, who missed the top of the show, apparently, but uh, they're saying Luke Shaw. So mm. this is uh, Grant Osborne. I just can't see his handle. At Gosbo68. Uh, Luke Shaw would be a great addition to at Spurs official. And I'll say it again. One United player who did have a good game. Your thoughts on that, boys? Yeah, I, I I agree. Actually, I do I do really agree. I, I think that under I think that the, the classic link is obviously under Potticino because he played at Southampton under him, become arguably world class or certainly becoming a world class left back or, or, or left sided uh, player as as you call them now, wing back, left back, whatever they're called. Um, and under under um, Man United, not just under Marino to be fair, but under Man United, he hasn't really stepped up and done what he was doing at Southampton. If Poch got back, at, uh, got hold of him again, w- would he bring the best out of him? Maybe, but I think some fans do underestimate the 
the the harshness of a bad injury and that that guy has had a really really serious injury um so i think that you know that's to be um taken into consideration a little bit like lamella yeah um you know with with regards to bad injuries and stuff like that but him coming in if if we if we were to part company with rose him and ben davis would be uh would be a really good option down the left hand side uh, i'd j- like to see uh sorry james i'd Go like on. to see ryan sessignon in a spur shirt to be fair <laughs> well talking about ryan sessignon um there's some carabao cup games going on this evening and his Fulham have taken a 1-0 lead against Exeter. It's uh, Abu Bakar Kamara with the goal there. Uh, QPR have also gone 1-0 up against Bristol Rovers. Bright Samuel and AFC Wimbledon 1 West Ham 0. Joe Piggott from the Academy of Football Charlton Athletic there scoring after two minutes. We'll keep you updated on all those London teams that are involved in EFL Cup games this evening. Uh, Boys, uh, Human Son, who is away at the moment, uh, the Asian Games. Uh, we, we touched on it a little earlier, saying is he going to come back into the team, particularly with Mora uh, playing so well. Sonny's a great option to have off the bench, though, isn't he? You know, a tired defence, 70 minutes gone, 20 minutes in the game left, and bring on that kind of pace and movement. Well, it was a, it was a brilliant day for us with, with Sonny progressing, because we definitely we want Sonny to, to get that exemption and, and carry on his career. And I think, you know, any football fan, regardless of whether you're Tottenham, when a player's at the, the level that he's turning in, I think it would be awful to see a player lose you know, effectively lose two years of his mm. career like that. So it, it was a, an important win for, for Sonny's career. Hopefully he can get that gold medal. And then, you know, he can he can partly have a rest when he comes back because, you know, he's gone to a World Cup. He plays at, uh, he's in the side at Newcastle. He came off the bench at Newcastle, yeah, he did, didn't yeah. he? He's gone away to the Asian Games. He'll probably need a, a, a little two or three week break from the emotion of it when he comes back. And with Lucas Moore in the form he's in, you haven't got to rush Sonny back. And as you say, you can ease him back into the side. And, and I'd quite like to see Sonny and Lucas Moore, particularly in some of those away games, because, you know, they talked about Lucas Moore as pace last night Sonny's got pace as well Sonny can go both sides of defender he can use left foot right foot and I I quite like the idea of those two in the side together it's it's really interesting Um, I'd love to hear the the listeners thoughts and you know drop us a tweet and and, and call call the show in as well because Playing them two together, I mean, that's going to be fighting for opposition. Um, you know, who do you drop? That's another. That's another question. But people talk about our squad depth, and we and and it's a debate. I was listening to a um, uh, a debate going on, on on the way up here, and they were talking about our squad depth isn't enough to take uh, to make a title challenge. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. You got Sonny. Sonny is absolute class, and if yep. L- Lucas Moore didn't have the game that he had last night, everyone would still be. So- you know, Sonny would walk back into the team. The fact that he did have that game last night means that we've got a, a, a Pochino's got a really nice problem uh, to, to try and solve coming back in. One thing's for sure is Sonny will want to play. Don't get me wrong, but he'll still have a smile on his face if he's coming off the bench. I think the other, the, the, the great thing with Lucas Moura last night, and I, I, I think I alluded to it with Eric Lamella last season, that sometimes you need that really big moment in a big game to, to make your name at the club. And, and Eric Lamella scored the Rabona, but it was Europa League, League against yeah. what, Astra Gugu or whatever. <laughs> there's, there's been the great odd little flash that. of Eric Lamella, but he still hasn't had that one really big match-winning goal yeah. or something like that in, in a massive League. cup yeah. final yeah. game or anything. Whereas Lucas Moura now, if he... If if 
you know, if, if he was rubbish for the next 50 games, people will still identify Lucas Moore with that win last it was, night. It was like Danny Rose, wasn't he, when he first, is his debut, wasn't the it? Uh, yeah, yep. the volley against coming Arsenal. in against Arsenal, 2-1. Well, two, one, well Danny they? Rose, that's the end of his career on his debut, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, You're I mean, never going to beat like, that. You, how are you going to top that? I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. But again, you know, just, just come back to the L- L- Lucas Moore and the, and the Sonny situation. I, I'd like to see that uh, again, both of them in the same side yep. against a team to who, you, you know, teams that are going to park the bus. That's why I felt that we needed strength and I was absolutely vocal about going out and buying the superstar the Gareth Bale I wanted Gareth Bale back who doesn't you know that's unrealistic but that's what I wanted back and that person that can change the game Lucas Moore last night showed us in an away game at Old Trafford that he can be the one that can do that and that for me blew me away So he should, he should have had a penalty as well he should have had a penalty yes spot on I mean, well. it's a blatant penalty so we're, we're talking gents here about the, these forward players right but one that hasn't dropped in the conversation Deli Ali, does he automatically still go on the team sheet there's a tweet here uh, from at getting worse I know people will only look at goals scored and assists but Delhi's all round game has come on leaps and bounds and doesn't even get a mention 90% of the time will you guys Please talk about his contributions to the team. So, does Delhi automatically get on the team sheet still amongst all those other players for, now? For, for me, James, absolutely. Uh, like I alluded to earlier, I watch Spurs live more often than I don't watch them live um, at the stadiums, you know, season ticket holder and, and whatnot. And when you watch him live, I said this to Jason Ricky a, cu- a couple of months back or back end of last season. When you watch Delhi Alley live, if you just give give it an opportunity, it's difficult to do on a telly because mm. obviously the camera focuses on, on play. But if you're watching Delhi Alley live, just watch him for five minutes on his own. The guy is unreal. What he does off the ball is ridiculous. Dragging people, defenders, the way he is. He he does do a lot of little flicks and touches. Yep. But here's the thing. This is where Potocino's philosophy is about being brave. If you're not brave enough to make to try that flick to or that touch... To dare is to do, to boys. To dare is right? to do, boys. Exactly. If you're not brave enough to try that flick or that touch, then ultimately, it will never come off. The fact that yeah. he might he might try it and do it, he probably does it all the time. I think Deli Alley is one of the first names on the team sheet. It's just where you would actually fit them all in. Um, if he needs a rest, we've now got attacking players with pace that, that can that can substitute for him and give us a different dynamic. Jason, yeah, you? Deli Alley's always in my side. I've always said that. I think he has a footballing intelligence to him. His timing of runs. I mean, even last night, he p- pounced on their their mistake at the back, didn't he? And as I said, he should have dived. He should have, yeah. or not dived, but he should have gone down. He should have gone down. Made but, the most of it. Or made the most of it. But um, he, he stayed on his feet almost. It was Old Trafford though, Jace, wasn't it? You're never going to get a penalty there, there, innit? Do you know what I mean? No, he's, but I mean, the great thing is that if if you played, well, when Sonny's back from, from the Asian Games, if you saw on the team sheet on the Friday night, Deli Ali's not available tomorrow, you're not sitting there thinking, oh my God, what, where the hell are we going to cope with this tomorrow? Because yeah. you think, okay, so we play Son and Mora, and it's, you know, you're not. You can still be quite relaxed about it, and it's it's quite interesting as well, just to bring Kane back into that. And like people say about Kane, like, oh, you know, you ain't got a replacement for Kane. It's impossible to have a replacement for Kane, yeah. Because anyone you buy who's a front, a top man, right at the top man striker, they're going to play second fiddle. So it's virtually impossible to replace or uh, buy a replacement. You got for someone it. in there who's going to be happy to sit there and pick up their wages, exactly, like a Levento, whatever. And he don't, he, you know, he doesn't do the job as as well or, or, or whatnot. The point I'm making, the point I'm making is that last year against Bournemouth. Sonny led that line and he done it brilliantly yeah he's always a good substitution to come in maybe against lesser opposition though but listen if you're listening out there give us a shout 0208 70 20 558 is the number it's all things Tottenham Hotspur up until 9pm this evening or if you're a little bit bashful at Love Sport Radio across the socials 
they dare to do. And the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fan Show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Because we only know that it's going to be a show when the Tottenham boys are there. And they're here in the studio with me this evening. The time is three minutes past eight. This is your Tottenham Hotspur fan show on Love Sport Radio all the way until 9pm. If you want to get involved in the conversation, guys, the number is 0208 702558 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Uh, just to bring you up to date on the Carabao Cup games going on, uh, teams of importance to us from our London-centric perspective, it's 0-0 between Swansea and Crystal Palace. AFC Wimbledon are 1-0 up against West Ham. Brent for the nil-nil with Cheltenham. Fulham are 1-0 up against Exeter. QPR are 1-0 up against Bristol Rovers. And it's still nil-nil between Wickham and Forest Green. But gents, from the last word on Spurs in front of me, Jace and Lee, how are you feeling? Uh, great, mate. I was just going to say, when you read the, the score of Wimbledon out, you missed off the little phrase, bottom of the league, West Ham. <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> bottom of the Premier League, West Ham are also losing in the cup. Wurzel's um, having a nightmare, isn't he? He is having a nightmare, old Wurzel Grummage. <laughs> <laughs> is that Pellegrini who you're referring mate. to? Yeah, of course. QPR have just gone 2-0 up now oh, against Bristol Lukes. Rovers at home. But boys, of course, it's the Tottenham Hotspur fan show, so let's get it back on track. We're going to talk about Christian Eriksen now. Um, actually had a tweet in on the Last Word on Spurs podcast. So, at Blah Blah Blanken, I believe that is. Uh, what did you think of Ericsson's performance last night? I've seen the match twice. The second time I saw it, I noticed how important he was taking out Lingard and their central players in the second half. Great positioning that forced United to go wide or backwards. Christian Eriksen for you last night, gents? Yeah, I think, uh, again, it's quite interesting. I think the whole team started very nervously. And I think uh, Christian Eriksen was definitely in that pack. First 15 minutes or so. He's got to be a player that needs to be on the ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. And some of the some of the passes that he was making the first 15, 20 minutes or so weren't hitting, hitting the mark. Um, but I think generally Christian runs more than any other Spurs player, Jace. I think we've, we've seen the stats on that before in, in match times. I think he, he, he generally runs 11.5k or something like that. That's really interesting yeah. that's not a player you would uh, associate with being industrious is it do you know what James that's exactly why I kind of brought it up because he, you wouldn't think that normally but he, he generally does so it didn't surprise me that Potocino maybe at half time kind of jiggled it around got hold of him and said you know you've got you got to nullify uh, the, the threat that uh, blah blah Blanken was talking about and uh, I think he did that really well Chase for uh, you Ericsson last <coughs> night yeah I thought as, as you said, I thought first first half an hour he was as guilty as anyone for for some sloppy play. A couple of times he received the ball, he immediately lost possession of it, and you thought, is this another one of those 
those disappointing nights for Christian Eriksen. As I said last week, it's it's time for those big players to to grab a game for 90 minutes by the scruff of the neck. Second half, he, you're right, he, he did a lot of excellent defensive work, but then when he needed to break for that second goal, which breaks down the left, puts perfect ball into perfect. Lucas Moura, and, and you start to see the, the, the real Eriksen at both ends. We, we all know Christian Eriksen is a massive part of Tottenham when he ticks Tottenham tick a lot better but you know as I say he's got a tick he's got a tick absolutely week in week out now and it's got to be 90 minutes not 30 minutes one of the sorry James I was going to say one of the key games last season for me when we realised how important if we didn't already um, that Christian Eriksen is to our team is when we uh, when we went down Southampton um, and we missed him it's Southampton away and my word did we miss Christian Eriksen that game Um, and we dropped points that day didn't we yep uh, just updates out of the AFC Wimbledon-West Ham game. Rod McDonald has been sent off for AFC Wimbledon for a second bookable offence after 18 minutes. So, boys, you put the jinx on AFC <laughs> oh, Wimbledon there. That. After it being so good, they've got a long time ten uh, men's, to play. Ten men's enough to beat West Ham. Yeah, OK, worry. well, they've got <laughs> 70 minutes or so to hang on. But you are currently listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show out there with myself, James Sherwood, and Jace and Lee from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. We're currently discussing Christian Eriksen and kind of how he performed in the big 3-0 result at Old Trafford last night. Um, gents, there's issues around contracts and a new one uh, for Ericsson. Of course, you want the best players tied down to long-term deals, but big deals, I guess, is the question, mm. isn't it? It's kind of about, it, does he deserve parity with the top earners? So I guess that's Harry Kane. Does he deserve to be up there? Because Kane can't, Kane Scott can't score goals if he's not given the ball, you know? I think Harry's Harry's a special case. I think you know he's the real image of the club now. I think uh, the iconic image around the world of, of Harry Kane. So like so, from a marketing perspective, yeah, as well, I, I think as that's a that's a huge thing. I mean, Christian Eriksen is, as I've just said, he is massively important. I'm not so sure he'll get parity of 200 grand a week or something with with Christian Eriksen uh, with uh, Harry Kane I think the, the big thing with any of those contracts when a player starts demanding 150 grand a week upwards they're trophy winning players yeah. Christian Eriksen totally deserves I think he's on about 80 grand a week mm. he deserves I mean, he should be on a lot more than that so for me I'd be looking at 120 130 grand a week and then you say, well, if you want the the 175s, 180s, they've got to come with trophy-winning performances then. We did discuss last week, didn't we, Jace, talking about p- potential links with Barcelona that I had heard, and there's also links with PSG. Do you think these are genuine, or do you think it's agent talk to try and get more money for the player, which they tend to do now, don't they? They say, my player could you know, go anywhere and play, and uh, so he course, needs to be well, on P- paid PS- big money. PSG <laughs> have kind of distanced themselves from it today, haven't they? So you, you kind of think it was a, a useful link for Ericsson straight just before that transfer window as his contract's being discussed I think it's probably more from from Ericsson agent side but we we definitely need to arrange that deal I'm actually surprised that the deal hasn't already been done to be, to be honest I mean I think there was a story um, that came out a couple of weeks back that uh, when we announced the Davison Sanchez deal was it or the new contract for Davison Sanchez that had been done back in March and we'd only just re- um, we'd only just kind of you know decided to release the fact that it had been done so and there was one for Vorm as well was that it didn't Vorm? get mentioned oh was, oh was it the Vorm it might, it might, have, been the, it might have been the Vorm, Vorm yeah well. it might have been the Michelle Vorm so, so uh, you know we, we do know that Potticino and Christian Eriksen met uh, before 
before the World Cup. We know that. We saw the pictures and they were off together and whatever. So I'll be surprised if that hasn't actually already been done and it's a bit of speculation. But look, agents nowadays run, you know, a big proportion of the game and it's their job, right? It's their, jo- it's their job to try and get as much money for their client well, as possible. Well, yeah, because the problem is that like, Ericsson and Pochettino can meet and get on, but the fundamentals are it's when Dave, Daniel Levy and the agent get in the <laughs> exactly, room where exactly. everything gets sorted yeah. out. I think Daniel Levy now has got such a, 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 a massive reputation for negotiation and, and I worked for for three years for one of the best negotiators I've ever seen in my in my career in terms of Lord Sugar and Daniel Levy's now got a, a, a reputation about that whole negotiation piece it's almost like a game for other people to want to negotiate oh it's Daniel Levy so I want to have a see if I can beat him in a negotiation it's, it's regardless of what the deal actually wants to be mm. it's just if I can squeeze an extra fiver out of him at least I've won do you, do you <laughs> get what I mean if it's only it was like, a yeah, fiver it would be exactly. a lot easier five or four, five million or whatever it might be but you know I think just come back on the on the playing side of of um uh, of Christian Eriksen. Um interesting yesterday that he wasn't on the corners. Um I thought that was quite a good observation. We've we've already scored from two corners in three games. So yeah. uh, but no a brilliant corner from Trips, wasn't it? Fantastic assist. Well, we talked last week didn't we about free kicks as well and Trippier kind of being in the mix for that and what's nice is that Ericsson doesn't seem to be getting all ego about it. It's like this is a team game let's do what's best for the team. Do you, do you know what though what's quite interesting James JC interesting to get your views and the listeners obviously you know call in give us give us a ring and talk talk to us about these views that is because Spurs are heavily bonused, uh, or the Spurs players are heavily bonused on some of the key things. Really good point. Christian Eriksen might be bonus based on the amount of assists that he gets, or the amount of free kicks that he might score, or the amount of corners that he might, whatever. And obviously now, if Trips is coming in and taking them, is that taking away some of uh, Christian's earning potential? Possibly. It's quite interesting, Possibly. isn't it? You just don't know how Possibly. the dynamics behind the club. You just don't know how that works. Boys, I want to take it back to uh, the Twitter. Uh, we've got one that came in from the podcast at Spurdog One. Although very early, will Poch and Levy get credit for keeping this squad together and not splashing on any big names? So I guess that comes back into this group of players sticking together, sorting out these contracts to a certain extent as well, doesn't it? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because over the summer, I I think I was one of those that said other teams spending doesn't mean they're strengthening. Mm. And we heard all summer how everyone else was strengthening and Spurs are standing still. And then after three games, suddenly Tottenham are getting praise for having this United squad that all knows each other's games inside out. And, and that they aren't disrupted by new players coming in. So it's it's twisted in the space of three games. Very, very interesting. I think that, you know, what... I'm going to be a happy clapper here, Jason. I am a lovely happy clapper. But what what um, Potticino and Levy have done over the last four or five years for this club has been absolutely phenomenal. When when we walk into that new stadium in uh, next year or in a few weeks or whenever it's going to be, it's going to be epic. If you're out there listening, you're a Spurs fan, you want to give us your opinion on any of the big subject matters that we are touching on. Currently, it's all things contracts, Christian Eriksen, and after the break, we're going to be getting into Davison Sanchez and whether he deserves that new deal and is he uh, living up to that record signing tag that he has. Give us a shout if you want to get involved, guys. 0208 758 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. This is Love Sport. Welcome back to your Tottenham Hotspur fan show here on Love Sport Radio. The time is 14 minutes past 8. We're talking all things Spurs up until 9pm. So if you want to get involved, 0208 70 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Uh, gents, Davison Sanchez on the bench last night as uh, Poch went for a four at the back. Uh, what, did, what did you make of that? 
Well, well, I thought it would be the four, and and I suppose having finished Fulham with with Toby and Jan as the two, it wasn't a big surprise. But but Davinson Sanchez was actually left out at Old Trafford last year. I think it was the only game after he signed that he was actually left out from because he missed a few from the Watford suspension. So I think that that was the only game he got left out yeah. of. So I, I'm not sure whether that's they they didn't fancy him up against Lukaku or something like that, or he just thinks nope, now Toby's back in. You know, Toby's in front of him now. What did you make of it, Lee? Well, I mean, if Yang Vertonghen is a Rolls Royce of a defender, which we all know he is, then Toby Alderweireld was a Bentley without a shadow of a doubt <laughs> last night. I mean, he was he was amazing. So to leave him out was a fantastic choice. And like I said right at the beginning of the show, I did actually fist pump when I saw Toby in. I thought I thought last week at Fulham substituting Davison Sanchez and, and leaving Toby on the field was, was a message. Um, not a message in any other way other than, you know, that's what I think my strongest back four is going to be or my strongest centre-back pairing. Um, Davison Sanchez has been absolutely outstanding. Like, worlds apart from what we, you know, we, we spent £42 million on the guy, yeah. so we had high hopes of him. But I don't think anyone in their wildest dreams, even the coaching team, the staff, thought that he would hit the ground running as he did. But Toby's world-class. And, you know, at the end of the day, if the differences have been put aside with the whole Toby situation, he's back in. For me, he does get in over Davison Sanchez. And it's a shame. If you're only going to play two centre-backs, it's Toby and Yan. Has Davison got the potential to be as good as an Alderweireld? Let's say at the end of the season that, that Toby does walk away, you'd be happy for Davison Sanchez to step in? Yeah, I think I think we're all. I think most people are pleased with what they've seen from Davinson Sanchez. Obviously, as a as a young centre half, there's there's still parts of his game to learn. And, and how old is Davinson Sanchez? What twenty one? Yeah, exactly. Toby's twenty nine. So exactly. and Toby's played a lot more with with Yan than Davinson Sanchez has. I think there's there's still rough edges to Davinson Sanchez's game, but you expect that with young centre halves. But overall, I think Davinson Sanchez has been has been a fantastic signing for us. I think he's slightly different to Toby. He's perhaps a little bit more dominant in the air than uh, than Toby is. I think if Toby has a slight weakness, it is is not as strong in the air as, as some of the other centre rails. But that's not a massive criticism of him. But Sanchez, yeah, without a doubt, is. I mean- it's fantastic. Uh, I was going to say, Jace, make no bones about it. In an entire season with Toby out last year and Davison playing alongside Yang Vertonghen, that is the, p- probably one of the best coaching you could actually get as a young player yeah. coming to Premier League for the first time, 21 years old. I think we all forget again as fans. Just put, keep, keep keep coming back to this. You know, what were you doing when you were 21? It's almost one of those, it's, isn't it's, it? It's <laughs> a little bit like that, but it's also like you know, mentally. You know, he's been to the World Cup for the first time in, in a Colombia shirt. He's come back. He's had a great World Cup. Um, um, you know, he's had a fantastic season. I'm not saying he can't handle it mentally, but actually, maybe Potocino's now, you know, he's been a bit more cute, like like we said last week on the pod, I think, being a bit more cute with, with how to manage certain things. And like you said, James, if... Toby is going to leave at the end of the year. He needs to keep Davison sweet. He can't just be going like a, dare I say it, like a Mourinho. Basically, you're rubbish. I'm going to pick that fella. Yeah. And actually, when I, that, when that fella's not available, I'll pick you and then you have to step up, which is basically what he's doing with the whole Lindelof situation, whatever. It, Pochino will never do that with our players. And I think that's, again, more credit to him. Boys, I want to take you back to the Twitter. Uh, it's another one from at Ant, the one and only. He says, Jace, do you believe that we should have cashed in on Toby? It will be so important that the squad stay together. I hope that he renews his contract because if he was in that United lineup last night, it would have bit us. But it feels like 
from Pochettino's management of the uh, of the situation that he's letting Alderweireld know that he's very much a part of the squad for this season. I, I've taken lots of flack over <laughs> over Toby. People seem to think I don't like Toby. I've, well, I've, I've never said I don't like case. Toby. <laughs> what I've always said about Toby was if Pochettino going into the summer, which is what was the case appeared to be, that he was available for sale, then if if the manager doesn't fancy the player, then you're right to sell him. Why why would you keep a player that's worth 60 million quid for Carlin Cup games? The big difference is, Pochettino this year has obviously decided, no, this is a player I want, in which case I'm glad Toby stayed. But if the manager says, I don't want a player, which is what appeared to be the case over the summer, then for me, if you don't want someone, you get rid and you spend the 60 million on somebody that you do want. There's no point having a bad apple no. in the car yeah, yeah, and just exactly. training with the reserves, is there? You want to keep harmony at the team and have the resources to go and replace him if necessary, I but he's back in the setup. J- Jace's stance always on Toby's been that, and I think I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with it. The piece that he wrote uh, a couple of months back towards the end of the last season on Toby was, was absolutely brilliant. Um, just talking that from a football perspective, though, contracts aside and that jazz, the f- the reality is that keeping Toby at this football club strength keeps strengthens us. Isn't there's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, and like Jay said, with you, Yang Vertonghen and Toby at the back, or even the three of them at the back, they that we were forced to be reckoned with. You know, the the best season that we had in terms of our best defensive record, we conceded 26 Premier League goals um, two seasons ago, and that was when Toby and Yang were playing at the full. We had the Danny Rose of old and, and whatever. Defensively, we were fantastic. And, and I'd like to see that this year, please, boys. Thank uh, you. And I guess if it's all taken care of on the pitch this season, you know, if you're really up there challenging um, and maybe you take a, a cup, possibly, then there's no reason that Alderweireld does need to go anywhere else to match his ambition, is there? Well, who knows what will happen? Because, you know, if Mourinho was the one that wanted him and Man United apparently weren't as keen to get him as as Mourinho and Mourinho gets sacked who knows if that leaves leaves Toby a slot at Man United next year you just you just don't know so if if Tottenham I mean if Tottenham won the league this year then there's a fair bet Toby would still sign a, a new contract. But obviously, he'll want that, that big money. But again, the other side of the argument is if, well, hang on, if, if Tottenham did win the league this year, would he sign a new contract? Because he's already done it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, there's a catch-22, <laughs> isn't it? You know? The thing is, with, to come back to Mourinho point, the thing is with Mourinho, he wants teams to deliver now. He's mm. not about the future. He only sticks around for three years. He's in three-year syndrome uh, already, isn't he? So, you know, he, he wants players now. So to paint, spend 60, 65 million on a 29-year-old and nearly a 30-year-old, yeah, we've already got Toby, so we're sitting there going, well, hang on, should we be paying you 180 grand a week? Are you worth that? Et cetera, et cetera. But, but actually, for, for Man United, they've got to go and pay huge amounts of transfer, loads of money on the salary, blah, 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 on his wages. So, therefore, that's probably why Edward would said, no, let's go for someone like a Harry Maguire, who's, who's younger and you get more, more use out of him. Well, listen, Spurs fans out there, we're talking all things Tottenham Hotspur until 9pm. If you want to get involved in the conversation, it's 0208 70 558 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. After this, we are going to be talking about the boys coming through at Spurs because there seems to be a little lack of them recently. 7bestbets.com If you are looking for good odds with a simple-to-use app, visit 7bestbets.com As a new customer, you will receive great welcome offers. We cover all sports, as well as an online casino and full range of virtual sports. If that's not enough, regular customers benefit from loyalty bonuses too. 7bestbets.com Please gamble responsibly. Visit GamblerWare for more details. 
Love Sport, 558 AM. Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Play your way to £1 million. You are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on your Tuesday night here on Love Sport Radio all the way until 9pm. Gents, we're taking it to the Twitter. We've had a tweet in from at Kype underscore Kype one uh, So a question for the panel. We all know the Poch way is to rotate fullbacks after the Fulham game and again last night with set pieces. Do you think that Trippier has made himself non-rotatable now or will Poch still do it? My my gut feeling is I, I would always want Trippier to play at right back at the moment. My gut feeling is you may well see rotation at, at Watford. I think it wouldn't surprise me if Oria plays. When Oria came on last night, I thought, oh no, here we go. Here comes a penalty. <laughs> but, but actually, he, he kind of got Did through it last night. Dan, Dan at Yidvids, you'd have been having a nightmare, Dan. I know he's listening somewhere. He'd have been having a nightmare. <laughs> but, but Trippier at Watford, I think he scored... His only goal for us is against Watford. Or it's one of his only goals is against Watford. He played really well at Watford in the four-one. He played. It was his cross at Watford for Sonny's back heel goal, wasn't it? So he yeah, likes playing yeah. against Watford, uh, and he's, he's had some excellent games against Watford. So in many ways, he should still play. Yeah. Let me ask you then. So of course, Kyle Walker, there were plaudits all over the place for him when he was at you guys. That's what got him to move to Man City. Uh, Kyle Walker or Kieran Trippier, on, on current form. I have to say, right, so we do this fantasy league like most people do, and I paid every time way over the odds for Carl Walker. <laughs> I, I loved it. If I had a shirt and name on my back, it was Carl Walker. I mean, I was devastated when he went, I have to say. But I think the credit has to go to Potocino because his work that he does with fullbacks, he must have some sort of like fullback magician going on in his coaching staff <laughs> or something because he waves his magic wand against any fullback that comes into the club and they become bloody world class. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think Trippier is doing an amazing, amazing job. Surprised by his performances, like, like I guess you'd go from the, the back end of last season and then the World Cup where we said last week, Jace, he kind of announced himself to the rest of the country where you know this guy is a top class. Fullback, you don't have to worry that Cole Walker's playing in the back three and then starting this season on fire as well. I still want Trips to defend better 1v1 when people are running at him. There was still a couple of times yesterday in the Luke game. Luke Shaw caught him, didn't he? Yeah, there were, there were still times when he, he allows the ball to come in from his side a little bit more. That's where I think Cole Walker is... I, I, I won't disrespect uh, Cole Walker. He did a fantastic job for us for six years. He's still a fantastic fullback. And it was interesting to see, there was an interview, I think, on Sky with Trippier the other day where he said he still thinks Walker's the best right back in the world right so Trippier's strengths for Tottenham is actually his delivery from wide areas and set pieces and things but there's also the defensive job and and, and I still have that little bit of concern that defensively is he really good enough when people run at him I thought it's quite interesting you say that because I think in the first I mean it was always kind of half an hour thing but in the first half an hour of the game last night to come back to that game Trippier didn't put a ball in one ball in I mean he's deadly of course I think he had one opportunity to volley you know I mean we watch him week in week out he volleys a lot of first time crosses then he volleys them in and he's epic at putting them in and he didn't do any of that and then obviously in the second half it changed and he started to get forward he put the corner in for Harry's goal um, he's he's becoming an all round brilliant uh, wing back I suppose we, we probably should say I was going to ask is he more, more a wing back than a full back if you're saying about these defensive issues <laughs> he kind of had, the wing back kind of thing you need that pace which he doesn't have but mm. like I say every, every single strength we talk about Kieran Trippier is going forward we never talk about him being strong necessarily defensively but isn't that the same as well with 
Surge. I mean, we talked. We started the the section talking about Surge. Is 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 already the same. He's okay going forward. He put a, talk about Watford. He put a fantastic ball in um, for the new for the Newcastle assist when, when we won the first game of the season. So you know, again, defensively, as he got something, he gave a penalty away, didn't he, last year at Juve? Um, so defensively with Serge Aurier. So maybe I don't know. Maybe. Potch's magic wand for fullbacks needs to be a little bit more defensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are listening out there, just to bring you updates out of the EFL Cup games this evening, it's now Brentford 1, Cheltenham 0. Julien Janvier with the goal after 40 minutes there. Um, just to bring you up to date on all the games so far concerning our London teams, it's still Swansea 0, Crystal Palace 0, AFC Wimbledon 1, West Ham 0, but AFC Wimbledon are down to 10 men in that one. Uh, just like I said, Brentford 1, Cheltenham 0. Uh, it's Fulham 1, Exeter 0, QPR 2, Bristol Rovers nil and Wickham nil Forest Green nil uh, Gents, talking about young players coming through at Spurs uh, I know not much is thought of him nowadays uh, my namesake, so Tim Sherwood Yeah, uh, but he was fundamental in bringing through a crop of young players which included the King Kane right? yeah. I mean, if, if Sherwood hadn't have been uh, at Tottenham during that period, there could be arguments that we would have never seen Harry Kane. He also than... invented the uh, salute for Adebayor, James. Do you know what I mean? So that can be <laughs> w- quite quite forgotten, couldn't it? Uh, so, so, yeah, but what I'm, what I'm asking you is, what, what's kind of happened to the young players coming through at Spurs? Is it the fact that now you're pushing for that top spot, challenging for titles, you can't afford to take risks and maybe nurture young players within the first team because winning is the most important thing? I think I think Tim Sherwood done a fantastic job with the academy players, and then and then moving around, uh, we had uh, Big Ugo Ugo Ekiogu, sadly um, is no longer with us. That's changed. Um, we then brought in Scott Parker uh, that was working with uh, with our youth as well, and he's obviously changed now because he's gone back well, to, Fulham. to Fulham. So there's been quite a lot of change in different circumstances with that kind of with the youth setup, if you like, call the academy setup. Um, I still think we've got some good players coming through. I mean, I, I don't know how much of our listeners looked uh, or watched. Uh, some of the pre-season games but a lot of the we won the ICC Cup by the way I don't know if anyone realises that we actually won the whole whole tournament congratulations <laughs> first we do win trophies yeah we do win <laughs> trophies um, but uh, I suppose the point is that we played a really young side because all of the people that were playing in the World Cup never never turned up for the pre-season so the the likes of Amos um, coming through looked re- looked really good. Winks has come through that uh, that system as well, and now he's a first team. You say regular once he once he start, puts his in- injury woes behind him and stuff. But like I that, even so. think that's an example. In fact, I don't think that's a moving thing. forward that Harry Winks is going to get that much football now. Do you think? Yeah, I, I think looking at the, the middle of your park, I, I think there's a lot of guys that would go in ahead of him before he's going to get a start. I think Winks will play more than you th- you think so. I definitely I, I think Pochettino is a big fan of Harry Winks. I think just for Harry Winks, he just needs to get that that fitness back and a run of I suppose like everyone, you need that run of games. But he really needs to 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 get starts behind his back and and show that the it's not a fragile ankle and things like mm. that. So, but definitely I think with young players. You know, when Pochettino came in, they were you had that Europa League group phase where you're playing Tromso and FC Sheriff and things, <laughs> yep. and you can throw youngsters in there. But you know, it's a Champions League draw later this week, and it could be Barcelona or it could be it's Paris or it could now, be Juve, it? and you can't suddenly chuck Luke Amos in for for 50 minutes in a game like that. So it's it's definitely changed. I think just the the speculation with any young player. I think England's success 
uh, uh, international level has seen the Jaden Sancho go abroad, Lookman's gone abroad, and I think there are one or two Englishmen starting to think if I'm not going to get the opportunity at top clubs, maybe I, I'm, I'm not afraid to go abroad anymore. And I think that's that's the demand. Some of those youngsters now they're not so prepared to just sit and be a youth team player for five or six years. It's, it's a fantastic point, Jason, in terms of going abroad because we lost uh, one of our own Rio Griffiths earlier a couple of months back. Keenan Bennett as well. Keenan Bennett is gone, and, and they they went abroad. And you know, we talked earlier about an understudy essentially to Harry Kane and who who would actually come in and warm the bench. But actually, a youngster would would do that for yeah. that opportunity. A real Griff is sitting in the um, waiting in the wings to be, I suppose, the next Harry Kane. That would be the perfect scenario, wouldn't it? And for you, is a youngster any worse than Lorente, who is, I think, well past his best? Yeah, I mean, he scored at trick, didn't he, against uh, Watchdale in the replay um, <laughs> last, last season? And, and again, I just think we, we, we've tried to get a uh, um, uh, not a replacement, but a kind of an understudy to Kane. We've done it with Vincent Janssen, got concrete boots on. We've got we've done it with Lorente, concrete boots on. So there's a lot of people that we're bringing into into that type of position that, that just don't don't fulfil it. When you play a certain way with Harry Kane defending from the front, pressing so high, it's high energy. Mm. You know, again, we. We talked earlier about Deli Ali off the ball. I mean, Harry Kane off the ball is is just world class. It's it's majestic to watch what he does. Some of the some of the things that he does off the ball, running the channels. When you've got a player like that, and your system is playing around that type of player, and then you bring in a Lorente, of course it's not going to work. A young player would be more willing to fulfil that role as well, surely, right? Because they'd be desperate to, to prove themselves and be grateful for the opportunity. Someone like Lorente, you know, he's past his best now in his prime, and he's like, this is me, this is how I play, I'm not going to be running channels and, and chasing after defenders. I agree, and I think, sorry Jace, I just think that with the young players, I think it is such an attitude thing, especially with Potichino, whose philosophy the way they are, you know, I'm absolutely certain that you know there's some big, uh, there's been some fantastic young talent that has actually left. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of um, John Bostock. He went down. To, he's at Crystal Palace. Um, went over to Crystal. You know, the, these types of players, Will Griffiths, that we just mentioned, Keenan Bennett as well. They, they've they're moved on. There must be some sort of reason behind the scenes, Jace. Would you think? Yeah, maybe it's it's not fair to say attitudes, but I think just players now. I think there's that determination that they they don't want to stick around and a little bit of money, but they they've seen the success of some of those English players going abroad. Mm. Lookman had a fantastic season, didn't he? Yeah, come out of the academy of football, he got, Cholton. He got lots of of flack from Everton, didn't he? From was it Allardyce at the time when he went out on loan? Who was really fed up with him going? And maybe some of that as well is those foreign clubs suddenly have have seen England's success at youth level and they're not afraid to go for English players now which years ago they would never have gone for English players well if you're listening out there you want to get involved in the conversation uh, how do you feel Tottenham are doing at the moment with regards to bringing through young blood into the team from the youth academy give us a shout 0208 70 20 558 is the number at Love Sport Radio across the socials the odds with seven best bets. Please gamble responsibly. Hi, it's Liam from sevenbestbets.com. Today we're going to talk about all things Europa League and Thursday's matches. I've got an accumulator for you. Zenit to beat Mould, Maccabi Tel Aviv to beat Sarpsburg, Karabag to beat Sheriff Tiraspol, and Beziktas to come out on top against Partizan Belgrade. A tenner on the fourth fold nets you £69.10. Those are the odds with sevenbestbets.com. The odds with seven best bets. Please gamble responsibly. The Love Sport Fan Shows. 
You are listening to the last 25 minutes or so of your Tottenham Fan Show on a Tuesday night. If you want to get involved in the conversation, give us a shout on the phones. It's 0208 70 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Uh, we're just talking about uh, kind of young players coming through the academy at Tottenham and it's slowed down slightly since the glory days of Harry Kane announcing himself on the world stage. And Tim Sherwood, of course. Yeah, uh, gents, uh, we mentioned that you know, during Tim Sherwood's time as manager, you had the Europa League, which gave young players an opportunity. Some clubs used the League Cup um, as that opportunity now. But with Tottenham looking to end that trophy hoodoo, do you think Poch will approach it in that way and give some young players a chance? Or do you think he's going to look to go and win that tournament this season? My, my gut feeling is he'll still do it the same way. I think the FA Cup, he might go a little bit more seriously for let's, let's, let's remember in fairness people talk about him disrespecting the FA Cup we've been in the last two semi-finals so it, it's, it's not fair to say he's completely disrespected it maybe part of that is also who you draw in those early rounds if, if you draw Manchester City away it's not so easy to chuck kids in but uh, I, I still feel that he'll, he'll use that and we want to see young players but then you have to weigh that up if, if you want to see young players and you don't use them in the Carabao Cup when are you going to use them? Lee? I think it's a difficult one because if, if you don't use the young players in the Carabao Cup, you know, or sorry, if you do use young players in the Carabao Cup, what about the rest of the squad? Come back to that squad depth. When's Lamella getting a game? When's, you know, Davis and Sanchez getting a game if Toby's back in the side now? So, you know, you, I think it's a sprinkling and, and therefore you can probably only bring through one, maybe two a season in terms of youngsters. You can't just throw, the, throw, throw them all in. And, and actually, James, like you said at, at, at the top of the section, have we got hundreds of them or loads of youngsters coming through in the first place? You know, we've got the, the Amoses and... Walker um, Peters. W- Walker, Walker Peters would certainly, for me, be the full back for Carabao Cup games. Exactly, but look at what he's got in front of him. We talked about rotation earlier. He's got two brilliant fullbacks in front of him. Um, you know, Serge Aurier still got something to prove a little bit and, and obviously Kieran Trippier now. How's he going to get back in the side? Um, you know, Carabao Cup, yes, he starts and then, you know, what happens if he plays brilliantly in the Carabao Cup? Then who do you drop? You know, it's, it's a, uh, that's why the managers get paid big money, right? That's why, that's why we're not the managers, I suppose. But, you know, I, I love the philosophy of the club. Like, I, I run a company for the last seven years that I developed called Raw Talent, you know? So, I love youngsters coming through. I love the philosophy of the club. I love the the mix of experience with the blend of youth and energy and, and enthusiasm and hunger, uh, hunger, and I, I do generally believe it is all about attitude. You know, if you've got the right, look at Harry Kane. You talked about Tim Sherwood bringing him through, and and, and, you, and rightly so. But look at what Potch has done to him. He's made him believe that he is an absolute superstar, and changing his diet and having the chef and all the things that we all know about. How, that's that's Potticino making sure that he's doing the right thing. But it's the attitude of Harry Kane to take it on. He could have never have done that with Adebayor. Hmm. Because Adebayo ain't got the right attitude. Adebayo could have been the best player in the world if Ryan, he fancied it. Ryan yeah. Mason might also help some of that because to get him back on the coaching staff. Great he, point. Ryan Mason was a great person for, great for attitude that Pochettino loved. So hopefully that will push into it as well. All right, gents, we've got a caller on the line, LP, who wants to join the conversation as we have been requesting. Hello, LP. Hey, guys. Yeah, very LP. good. So have you got a couple of points that you want to make to the uh, last word on Spurs, gents, in front of me? Yeah, just um, just um, before I just talk about uh, yesterday's game, I'm pretty sure you guys have probably already covered it. Yeah, that's we good, have. Mate, that's uh, good. But we'll always go back to we it because it was like a fantastic result. <laughs> yeah, uh, just I was just thinking, you know, um, it's fantastic how when since Pochettino took over, how everyone always talks about how we go to a top six away side and just suddenly freeze, but how that's suddenly changing because 
Mm-hmm. We went to Anfield in February, I think it was, and yeah, it was 2-2, but of course, with Kane hang, having a count in the 86th minute, if he did score that, we could be talking about three points there. We went to Stamford Bridge just two months later, one day, and now we've gone to Old Trafford. So I feel like there's progress, and I think the next step, like everyone's been saying for a few years now, we just need mm-hmm. that silverware just to show that Pochettino has come, and he's actually done a very, very good job of what he's had from Levy. Gents, what do you make of that assessment? Yeah, I think so. You know, every everyone talks about it, but 2018, you're right, it's Liverpool, Chelsea. I think the Chelsea one was huge because we've we've got results at Liverpool under Pochettino. We've gone on one at Manchester City. We did win at Man United, all right, under AVB and Sherwood, but it's it's not a million years ago. But I think Chelsea was just every year at Chelsea it was such a letdown and you know even the night of the the 2-2 the battle of the bridge it wasn't us drawing there because we came back from 2-0 down it was a 2-0 lead that we lost and I think that the Chelsea game for me is always our mentally our hardest game and I think to go there and win last year was massive and that is, is kicks into last night so it, it for me it really changed with Chelsea LP what do you think with regards to kind of mentality about going to Champions League grounds like like Real Madrid you know the Bernabeu and drawing 1-1 yes it was a draw and the same with Juventus as well uh, you know going away to, to Juve and drawing 2-2 do you think that's had a uh, an effect on our mentality as well um, I mean you probably have heard, you've probably heard this like a thousand times but like everyone says we're a young team and um, how we go to these big grounds and like that Real Madrid result yeah it was a big result that Juventus result I think in particular because we were 2-0 down yeah. the fact that we came back and if I say we did dominate them in their own backyard I think that was a great learning curve because even when the home came and of course we know what happened I think we've kind of got the idea of when we play these European games European teams can just change it in a split second and yeah. then we didn't adapt to it at all because I think Juventus made a few changes on Lichtensteiner and um, then that changed the whole complexion of the game and we didn't adapt, we just stayed the same and they scored two in two minutes. I think from now we know that when we go to these big grounds we, we should be able to adapt if they make a formation switch we should be able to adapt as soon as possible. Well LP, listen, we're a bit pushed for time but just to end quickly, your next two games Watford away and then Liverpool at home. If you remain unbeaten, that's going to be a huge statement for the start of this season, isn't it? Yeah, of um, course, going um, just after the Watford game with the international break, if we can get um, was it four wins out of four, that's fantastic. Because then, like we've been, we've always been doing um, playing catch up to the teams above us. So now, if we can just sustain the uh, momentum, get four wins out of four before the international break, I think that'll be absolutely fantastic. And against Liverpool, if we can just win that. That's five out of five. Another top six team. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> well, matey, thank you very much for your call. And of course, we will be following the journey of the mighty Tottenham Hotspur throughout this season. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport, guys. It's about the last fifteen minutes or so. So give us a shout: oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight or at Love Sport Radio across the socials if you want to get involved. This is Love Sport. The Fan Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Predict seven results, win seven figures. The Opposition View on Love Sport. 
You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with myself, James Sherwood, and the boys from Last Word on Spurs Podcast, Jason and Lee. Uh, like you've heard from the Sting, it's the opposition view now. We've got Alec Chamberlain on the line, former Watford and Luton Town goalkeeper. Spurs next game away at Vicarage Road. It's a tough one. Hello, Alec. Thanks for joining us. Hello, much, appreci- no much appreciated for your time, matey. Now, uh, is it a bit early to call this one a title decider? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, obviously, Watford had a, a fantastic start, the best start they've ever made in the Premier League, and, and Tottenham are doing what I think uh, everybody thought their potential could possibly do. Obviously, fantastic result last night, and performance, um, second half particularly. So, it's going to be an intriguing game, for sure, but... Uh, Watford will be going into it with a bit of confidence on the back of three wins. Um, but, you know, T- Tottenham will certainly still be favourites, I would imagine. What has changed at Watford? I mean, halfway through last season, of course, the manager changed and he took a little bit of stick, didn't he? But how comes they've started this season so well? Well, obviously, the first game of the season was Brighton at home and I went to that one and um, I think Chris Hutton said himself Brighton didn't really do themselves justice. That's no, no, uh, not taking anything away from Watford because they played very well. But uh, you can only beat what's in front of you. And, and on the day, Brighton were were not uh, great. But then obviously, then a fantastic result against Man United in their second game. So they, that confidence uh, that the first game and the first win gave them rolled into the Burnley game. Burnley came back from one of their European trips, and they took advantage of that. And then uh, obviously, then Sunday as well. So. Confidence is huge in sport, and uh, particularly uh, uh, you know playing in, in a team sport like that. And uh, they've just just got the you know a run of fantastic momentum at the moment, and looking to try and keep that run going. Certainly, you know, I, I would imagine you know from outside the camp, uh, you know, even to take a point off Spurs, it would be a fantastic result. Alec Lee McQueen here. I mean, you took you took a um, a point off uh, off us, if you like, or we took a point off you last year. I was there at the game away at, um, um, at your ground, Vicarage Road. Yeah, um, yeah. raining. It was a, t- a terrible, terrible day in terms of being a f- being a fan. We had Sanchez sent off. But what I was going to say to you is, I, I think I've read. If you can confirm this, this is the first time that that Watford have had a decent pre-season from the manager that was previous um, in the previous season. Is, is that Right, or is that in the Premier League era? Or, or they've sounds about right. They've had a lot of managers. They've had a lot of change, they? haven't they? Do you know what I mean? So, so do you think that's helped your start to the season, Alec? What do you mean the um, continuity? Of yeah, co- yeah, ha- <laughs> continuity of having the same I manager for like five help. weeks. I, I think it has to help, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Because you know, all, most of the players coming back then know the manager, know the style, know what he wants. Um, so he hasn't had to take the first few weeks to try and embed that into uh, into the players so mm. they could concentrate on getting fit and uh, playing their matches and, and knowing Hello I, I think have we lost Alec there? I think we have lost him on the line, but I, I think that's a really good point, though, Lee, uh, that Javi Grazia has actually been there, got a pre-season under his belt. Uh, the players have known from the time he came in midway through last season that he's he's they're part of his plans, I guess. Yeah. That's well, very He has important. a chance to shape pre-season, doesn't he? Because he will have presumably have arranged the pre-season fixtures. Uh, I had input into that, which is a bit unusual for, for Watford, that's for sure. OK, we've got Alec back. Alec, hello. 
Hello there. Some, Sorry, some gremlins in the system. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're just kind of concluding that point that a manager who, who is able to implement his ideas across pre-season, also from a player's perspective, I guess you knowing that you're part of the manager's plans, right? Because if a new guy comes in, he might not fancy you. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I think the fact that they've been able to play more or less the same side, I think, for three games as well, that continuity has kicked through into the matches. So... All in all, you know, a settled side, there's a lot to be said for it. Um, um, but uh, certainly having a, a strong pre-season, I mean, a lot of the players, you know, Troy and, uh, you know, in particular people have always having, having a few doubts about his fitness, but he looks really lean and fit. So uh, that all points to the fact that it's been a, a very successful pre-season and they've taken that into the, the start of the campaign. What what is Troy Deeney's role now? Because he's he's been such a talismanic figure for Watford, but over the last twelve months, he's he seemed to have been in favour, out of favour, and of course they've been they spent a lot of money on Andre Gray, who's a totally different type of striker to Troy Deeney. What what do you think that is going to be the the focal point for Watford against Tottenham? Well, at the moment they're playing both of them, aren't they? Mm. So um, you know, I think that's that that also helps uh, probably both of them. I mean, Troy. He's, he's more than capable of playing up on his own, but I'm sure he's enjoying having someone a little bit closer to him uh, and to feed off. So, um, you know, they, um, as you say, they're a little bit different style players, but that sometimes, you know, can com- complement each other. Where's, uh, where's... But, I mean, Tom is very important in the club. I mean, he's club captain still, so even when he wasn't playing, he'd, he'd still have a big influence in the dressing room and uh, around the place, and that's that's obviously continued. But, of course... You want to be playing. Uh, you know, Troy's a proud man. He wants to be playing. And, and he's obviously now gone gone away in the summer and uh, worked hard, worked hard in pre-season and got himself in really good shape. And, you know, hopefully everybody's benefiting from it. Where's Delafeo now? Because he didn't, he didn't play against Palace. Is, is he out injured at the moment or just not, yeah, not he's, selected? Yeah, he's injured. Right, OK. Yeah, no, he's, he's injured. He's, he's not been in on the bench yet. So um, they've got one or two, you know, quite... Um, prominent players, Tom Cleverley, another one that's uh, is, is going to be out still for a long time. So I think the injury list is, is four or five who would definitely be competing for the first team. Um, Cabal as well, one of uh, Tottenham's <laughs> old players. You know, he, he's another one that's uh, injured at the moment. So, um, you know, it, it's, it'll add, you know, up to the strength and depth that they will have when all these players are fit, of course. Alec, um Obviously, the goalkeeper's come in, Ben Foster. He, he looked very good against Palace. The Tottenham boys in front of me um, <laughs> are saying that he's we had, nemesis. He's he's had some good games against them and also he likes ben to Foster. wind up the crowd. Uh, what do you make of Foster coming in? Yeah, well, obviously, um, I worked with Ben when uh, when he was at Watford the first time for two years. So I've got a close relationship with Ben. He's, uh, he's a fantastic goalkeeper and has got himself um, you know, into... Uh, really good shape um, you know he's obviously older and uh, more experienced goalkeeper now than uh, when, I, when I worked with him but you know he's, he's been he's been brilliant at uh, West Brom as you say has had some great games against Tottenham in the past and he'll be looking to continue that on Sunday sorry chaps but, um, <laughs> but yeah I mean obviously they've got, they've got strength in depth another ex-Tottenham lad with Julio Gomez there as well on yeah, the bench cool. so the goalkeeping uh, Department is very strong at Watford, and um, I think uh, you know it's a, it's a good competition. But at the moment, Ben started the season flying, um, as the team have, and I think 
the lads in front of him have, have also played very well. Great credit to Craig Cathcart, uh, Cabaselli, the centre halves. You know they've they've been very very good. Um, so you know that's that's always pleasing as a goalkeeper if your centre halves are playing well. Just yeah. to bring our listeners an update, it is now 2-0 to Fulham at Craven Cottage. Kamara getting his second there after 48 minutes. Just a quick one-word answer. Has Ben Foster learnt to take a goal kick in less than a minute yet? <laughs> not, if it, not if his team are winning. Yeah, it depends if we're winning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just to okay. end, Alec, uh, prediction then for the game on Super Sunday. What way do you think it's going to go? I'm going to go for a scoring draw. I'll go 2 all. A score draw. All right. Well, thank you very much for your call there. Much appreciated uh, for your contribution. That's uh, former Luton Town and Watford stopper there, Alec Chamberlain, on how the Hornets are going to do against Tottenham on Sunday. Uh, Away at Vicarage Road, gents. It's almost time for us to round up the show, but I guess I should take your predictions then. How do you think the game's going to go on Sunday? Title decider and Spurs win 3-1. Okay, Lee? (laughs) Well, Alec went for a Desmond there. I think that the fact that they're playing uh, two up front I think we'll probably get Davison back I think we'll probably go back to a back three I think we win comfortably 3-0 OK the Tottenham boys in the studio are feeling optimistic a uh, big shout out to all the people who called in for the Tottenham Hotspur fan show across the evening uh, at the top of the hour so from 9pm onwards we're going to be talking Charlton Athletic we are going to be talking a bit of Watford as they take on Reading in the Carabao Cup uh, tomorrow night and we are going to do the rest of some of those fixtures in the Carabao Cup as they happen uh, this evening. So we'll be bringing you updates, etc. Uh, but big thank you if you called in or you tweeted in alternatively on the show. Uh, gents, also the Champions League draw is this week. Mm. Do you want big boys in your group or do you want to try and avoid them? Well, I, I read I read um, uh, earlier this week or, or last week that actually by Chelsea and Arsenal but not being in the Champions League this year, they might do us a favour because of the pot. pot two. Yeah, so we've we've gone into that pot two piece. So I think it's always nice to get a big boy, isn't it? You know, that's why you want to be in the Champions League, isn't it, Jase? Yeah, we had Real Madrid last year. I'd love to have him Real Madrid. We've had Juventus last year, so I suppose the next thing is Spurs v Messi. Well, gents, thank you very much for your time. I've got to say it's been a pleasure again to host uh, the Tottenham Hotspur fans. Nice, you fan dressed show. appropriately. Yeah, no Arsenal shirt this week. Uh, So thank you from Chase and Lee from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.